You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Dr. History, good morning. Good morning, Zeb. How are you? Good. A little wind out there today, but... You oh, know, you brought it in here I with did. you. I <laughs> did. It, it's a little windy there. I had to slow down a couple of times. Well, which is an oddity for I you. I know. I used to have pedal to the metal. There you go. Yeah. Uh, any thank yous? I don't. I haven't heard anything from anybody for a couple of weeks, so folks, if you're... Running out of, if you find yourself needing something to do, give me a What send about me an the email. Schnitzel Flooster or whatever? Uh, uh, his name is. He was the last one I heard from a couple of weeks ago. I see. Yeah, I see. yeah he's still out there. What are we going to do? I'm sure he is. <laughs> uh, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I told you I had one already for you this you week. Did. Something that you will never guess, so I'm just going to tell you. Camels, we've talked about camels. Yeah. And they were uh, one time actually common in early Arizona, but ostriches were unknown. Have you ever heard of ostriches down there? In Arizona? Yeah. Mm, no. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you about it. I can't wait. <laughs> so this comes from a 1969 edition of the Frontier Times. So legend has it that the, these big birds came across the great American desert in 1883 riding inside a covered wagon. Wait a minute. Inside a covered they wagon. They put an ostrich inside a covered wagon? Yeah, yeah. So there was a Mr. M.E. Clanton is thought to have brought these birds, settling them on his ranch west of Phoenix in 1888. Holy cow. So there were three generations of Clantons that were involved in this. uh, Wait a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to paint a picture for you. He's got all of his pages uh, in an askew manner right now. He has no idea where page three is compared to page four. I think I've got it now. Okay. Okay. So three generations. Thank you. Three generations of Clantons were involved in this costly experiment as feather merchants. Really? Feather? Are you talking the same Clantons that fought at the OK Corral? No, I don't think so. Oh, Uh, probably a different different group. But ostrich ranching in the great southwest was once considered a really, really good idea. So to satisfy the demand for plumage and feathers, which was all the rage around 1900, ranchers turned from cattle to birds 
Uh, elsewhere in the world, great fortunes were being made from feathers. Are you Does kidding that, me? Yeah. So they use peacocks, parrots, uh, herons, quail, even hummingbirds for their feathers. Okay. How'd they, how'd they catch them? I don't know how they caught the hummingbird. Uh, but uh, Arizona entrepreneurs went to work breeding ostriches. Feathers were worn everywhere on fans, hats, dresses, and they had to come from somewhere, so why not Arizona? What did they do with the meat? Uh, we'll get to that. Oh. <laughs> so the West's newest industry really began in 1882 when the first birds were shipped from Cape Town, South Africa. Oh, my. 21 of these giant birds were then transported by rail from New York to Anaheim, California. Within four years, another ostrich ranch appeared, beginning with 44 imported, imported birds. Phoenix greeted his first flock in 1885. You're kidding. Two grown ostriches began the trip with 11 chicks, 10 of which died on the way. The female adult died soon after. So from one male and the one chick, a successful enterprise was born. By 1897, a number of ostriches had grown to 97, and by 1905, 1,103 birds. In Arizona. Yeah, on this one ranch. Holy one place. Cow. So, uh, and this ranch was the largest ostrich uh, farm, and it was located 10 miles west of Phoenix. And I, in your travels, I don't suppose yeah, well, you've ever. That heard would be, what was the name of the town, do you know? Uh, it doesn't say. It just says the ranch was 10 miles west That's of That's not that far Phoenix. from that Wickenburg area. Oh, okay. So, uh, it was called the Pan American Ostrich Farm. And it was a success almost from the start. The birds were happy in an environment. So How do you know they were happy? Oh, they asked them. They were interviewed. <laughs> they were happy birds, Zeb. <laughs> they were in an environment that was like their home, okay, from South Africa. <laughs> Healthy as horses, they needed very little water, and they thrived on, get this, alfalfa. I didn't they, they know lived that on either. Oh. And the dry climate and the hot sun didn't bother them at all. And with very little care, they multiplied very, very rapidly. The birds soon learned to step over the usual low fences, and no nearby alfalfa field was ever completely safe. These ostriches were known for their speed, and while their short wings were use, useless for real flying, they did help them to lift these 300-pound birds off the ground. So they could flap them and actually get off the ground. At top speed... I bet the landing was ugly. <laughs> yeah. At top speed, the ostriches could take strides of 25 feet, oh. running 60 miles an hour. Are you kidding 60 me? 60 miles an hour. So, you know, faster than any uh, horse. You know, no cowboy could hope to catch up. But the smart men outwitted these dumbers. They weren't very smart. Really? Uh, by running them in circles until they slowed down enough to be safely roped. They roped they them? They roped them. And, and, and I think you'll kind of see what we're getting at here, why they had to rope them. Okay. You realize this is one of your most <laughs> weird programs. It is. It, I, I thought you'd like it. So at the blossoming Pan American Ostrich Farm, 1,000 birds each produced $30 in income a year. That's 30000 a year. Yeah. Okay. Though uh, range riders had to literally be trained from scratch, and some pretty wild happenings occurred. Cowhands quickly learned that ostriches flocked in groups of 100 and needed one-acre corrals per pair, 
Raising them was cheap enough, an ostrich would eat four pounds of green alfalfa daily, while a full-grown steer needed about, what, 60 pounds? Or 40 or 50 or 60 pounds? Holy you cow. Know? So not much. Furthermore, no, no steer could graze on the green uh, foliage of at the top of a tree. You know, these guys, birds could reach up and eat the leaves out of a tree. Holy cow. So now they also had to have gravel. Like birds, chickens, turkeys, you know, to uh, in their gullet, to gullet to mix up the food. I didn't know that. So their gravel took the form of quartz nuggets, the size of hickory nuts, uh, sprinkled in their feeding lots. They were. Uh, you, well, here we are. <laughs> we can't find page six now. No, I got it. I got okay. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'd marked these even. I can tell. They were not above eating bones, glass bottles, and odd bits of metal. Glass bottles? Yeah. That wouldn't kill them? I guess not, you know. But whatever they went down, uh, whatever they ate went down, and their meat tasted like it. You asked about the meat. Uh, it was coarse and similar to dried wild dog. The older the ostrich, have you ever had dried wild? No, dog? I've never had oh. any kind of dog. Okay. <laughs> the older the ostrich, the stringier the meat. Now, the eggs, on the other hand, were very, very delicious. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I bet there were big sons oh, of yeah. guns. Have you ever had a turkey egg, Zeb? Yeah. Tur- turkey eggs are really, really good. Yeah. I mean, just like a big chicken egg, really. Yeah. Now, But they're turkey eggs. They, they are, and you only need one. <laughs> You don't need two. You want an omelet? Here's an egg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the tame birds mate at four years and are usually paired for life. Um, So the female would actually scoop out a nest in the dirt with her breastbone. She'd move it around, move it around, and make like an an impression in the dirt. Yeah. So it's really nothing more than a hole in the ground, uh, about a foot deep and four feet around. Really? And and then she'd lay the eggs? She would lay her eggs every other day until 12 or 14 eggs are deposited. So you've got a pretty good bunch of eggs. And the eggs are weighing, weighing, oh, three to four pounds each. Wow. And she will usually turn them daily until they hatch 42 days later. So not that long. But evidently, you have to turn the eggs, I guess, for the sunshine or the warmth. Or Can you imagine a guy uh, puts in for an employment and he says, what did you do in the past? I was an ostrich egg turner. <laughs> That's right. Or ostrich roper. <laughs> so now the male uh, at this point, his job is to sit on the nest from 4 in the afternoon until 8 the next morning. That was his job. Really? They punched in? They had a time clock? Yeah, and everything? yeah they knew exactly when 4 o'clock was. Really? Yeah, until 8 the next morning. When 8 o'clock hit, they were off. Uh, and then the female? Would take over. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So uh, it said, uh, the, this, it says, quote, No wonder he gives a deep-throated roar, something like that of a wounded lion or muskox, when he stretches wearily after sunup. 
I had no, I didn't understand anything about ostriches. No, I didn't. And either. now I mean, here you are, Mr. Ostrich. Yeah, and you know, I thought you know, strictly Africa, right? Uh-huh. And, and in fact, it seems like I've seen pictures of them riding ostriches, haven't we? Yeah, uh, like Come having ostrich races. Yeah, I, I think I've seen pictures of, of people. Are they a mean bird, or are yeah, they? They can be. They can be. Yeah. Yeah. Now, during the day, the females, uh, like I said, takes over uh, on the eggs. And many Arizona cowboys have learned to their deep regret that collecting ostrich eggs was not the great sport they thought it would be. Uh Oh, what happened? (laughs) The male birds would attack readily, kicking forward with their long, thick legs. Uh Oh, and they were extremely accurate at hitting a cowboy. They, they were defending their eggs, okay? And they would frequently disable a curious horse that got too close. These They would actually attack a horse. I don't know, maybe even... Did they have, like, real sharp talons? You know, I, I think they just had those long, like... Yeah, I think they did. Oh, my. I'm thinking three toes. I don't know. Oh, my. But, uh, like I say, they could mess up a horse pretty bad, and maybe even a cow that wandered too close, and uh, they could easily put a dumb cowboy out of action for months if he got too close. Dumb. <coughs> dumb cowboy. Yeah. You would learn after yeah. you saw your buddy getting beat up. When you rope them, do you rope them around? I, I'm not trying to be funny, but a rope around the neck, is it sturdy enough to, to rope them? I, I guess it is. I, I'm going to show you a picture here in a minute. Okay. Uh, if you can find it. I can find it's it. It's on page two. Okay, look at this. Look at this picture. But I'll explain this to you. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah. I'll explain that to you. Uh, Now, the eggs could be collected most successfully between the changing of the guard. When the dad was getting off and the mama was getting ready to get back on, that's when they could collect the eggs. So a whole farm wagon went out along for the daily event when the, they called it hen fruit or for eggs, yeah. was collected by the hundreds, most of the eggs to be incubated in hot frames. So they would take them in and put them in these incubators. Yeah. Um, and this was at this Pan American ranch in their buildings. Now, ostriches are clumsy things and frequently step on their own eggs or they'll walk through another nest. And besides, sometimes they would lay their eggs anywhere and actually kick them into a pile in the center of a field. So they weren't, they didn't always lay them in the nest. And you said that they couldn't put more than one female in each pen? Yeah, they had a male and a female per pen. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So to protect themselves, the seasoned veterans of the range, the cowboys, took to carrying a shepherd-like crook, this will answer our question, with which they would hook the ostrich's neck, bend it to the ground, and that would render him kind of helpless. Well, would the you bird. too? <laughs> yeah, if you had something around your neck. <laughs> now, it says the Sunday morning breakfast was a joyous event at an ostrich ranch, the usual fare being poached eggs and smashed potatoes. Really? And it says that on these ranches, guests were casually asked one egg or two. Wow. <laughs> and uh, they were served by the local cowhands, uh, sometimes wearing black and white ostrich plumes in their cowboy hats, just for fun, you know. Yeah. Um, now, if the eggs were allowed to hatch, the chicks entered this world the size of a barnyard hen with a huge appetite for grain. Well, now, what happened to the industry? Okay, we'll, we'll get to that, too. Oh, you always say I that. always say that. So, here we go. In far-off London and New York, Arizona feathers were readily recognized as the best 
that they could get. The birds had a productive life of 25 years, mm. after which their plumage gradually lost its color and its sheen. Kind of like us. Yeah, <laughs> we're losing our, our color, our plumage. Plucking was done when the bird was six feet tall and six months old, although the actual process involved cutting the feathers. The second cutting came eight months later, and the third cutting produced the first full crop of saleable feathers. How'd you get close enough to get their feathers? Okay, now look at this picture. Here, take that. Okay, take a look at that and see... See what they've done. Oh, they ran them into a chute. Right, and look what they put over their head. Uh, Looks like some kind of a a mask. A a bag. A bag, yeah. yeah. So they put it, and that's the only way they could uh, get close to them and and cut these feathers. Holy cow. So the birds were handled by placing them in a tight corral, like you see in that picture. Two men on horseback crowded them into this chute, so to speak. The corral was just one large enough to admit one bird and one what they called a plucker at a time. Yeah. Male ostrich, uh, the male ostrich became perfectly docile after this canvas stocking hood was pulled over his head and allowed his uh, black body uh, feathers to be harvested. And then the white wing feathers uh, and the tail plumes were cut, so they knew which ones to harvest. So I don't see any ropes on this ostrich or anything holding them in there. When you put the bag over their head, they just just, become docile. They just stood there. Yeah, they just stand there. But uh, as late as 1916, 1918, the bottom dropped out of the market. Before that happened, there were lots of money to be made. Uh, they say silver was selling for $8 a pound when ostrich plumes brought 15 to $30 a pound. You're kidding. And obviously no back-breaking digging to get out gold or silver. So, But a six-month chick could be sold for $100. At one year, it might be worth $150, and at two years, uh, between $200 and $250 for one ostrich. So, now, they would take, and in the picture, they're taking the plumes off the ostrich. Right. So they got a bunch of naked ostriches running Well, they around, only right? took certain certain feathers. Oh. Just, uh, yeah, certain parts of the, of the body. I see. But a pair of birds ready to mate easily brought $800. Really? For a, a, a pair. That was yeah. good money back then. Oh, yeah. So to increase their chances of survival, the large eggs were gathered, like I said, by the wagon load and placed in these oversized wooden incubator drawers. When ready to hatch, the cowboys were set to work kind of picking holes in these hard shells to kind of help the baby chicks to get out of the shell. Oh. So they would actually kind of help with that process. But the Arizona ostrich industry did so well for a while, it seemed nothing on earth could change the trend. Nothing did except for the women thousands of miles away who gradually began preferring featherless apparel. Really? They didn't want, it kind of fell out of fashion. Oh, their plumage went in the tank. It did. So it suddenly became unfashionable to wear bird feathers. Oh, my. The Arizona ostrich industry was dead. Birds by the thousands were slaughtered uh, due to this change of fashion, and their eggs were just smashed because they they didn't need them anymore. Uh, Some of their tough skin was saved and actually tanned to make ostrich skin purses and wallets. And haven't you heard of ostrich skin cowboy boots? Oh, I've got some. Yeah. I've got some. 
uh, and unfortunately, the bodies were turned to fertilizer, or and unfortunately, maybe just they were just killed and allowed just. So, to, if you're riding out in the desert and you see something sticking out of the sand with a bag over its head, it's an ostrich. Yeah, yeah. So the bird cowboys gave up their short-lived careers as bird pluckers and went back to cow punching. There are no feather merchants in Phoenix today, at least according to this this Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed a first. I mean, this man, Dr. History, has donned the hat of being the world's most knowledgeable about ostriches. You know, I wish I'd have brought a feather or two just for me and you to, you know, put in our hair. Or our hat. Put in our hair? Well, we don't have much of that. You're going weird on me, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe a hat. Okay. <laughs> Doctor History, that is a, that ranks in the top three stories of being the most weird you've ever had. It is. And, uh, you know, folks, if you've heard of this before, if you have information down there in Arizona that by your grandparents or somebody... Uh, send me an email. Go to my webpage at doctor-history.com. Yeah. Send me an email. If or you, pictures. Yeah, or pictures. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I got to see that. And he promises to keep his papers in order. Uh, yeah. So, okay, so here's another couple of pictures, Zeb. Huh. What's this okay. one of? Uh, oh, my. Oh, my. All the feathers. Yeah, look at that. Woo! There's feathers all over the place. Yeah. And it says, Sunday at the Ostrich Ranch was a day of rest, shaving, playing cards, mending clothes and shoes, washing and just plain reading was the good life of the Arizona frontier in 1907. Okay, so look at this picture. Look, there's oh kind of a corral, yeah. but look how high the fence is. It's very high. Yeah. Yeah. What is it, six or seven strands, isn't it? Oh, yeah, at least six. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow.